This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's fired. That's uh, what seemed to start this song. That was late last week. Donald Trump at a campaign-style rally in Alabama. A lot of NFL owners who have been supportive of Donald Trump, given a lot of money to Donald Trump, did not appreciate having the government, the state, which is obviously what the president represents, telling them what to do or how to conduct business or telling private citizens what they can and cannot say. I think that's between NFL players and their owners. Now, why did Donald Trump decide to make this an issue? Colin Kaepernick, who started all of this back before Donald Trump was president, isn't even in the NFL. So all intents and purposes, he has been fired. But that's between the players in the league, not the government. So as you would expect, a lot of people in the NFL, owners and players, bristled at what was said. And a lot of players took a knee yesterday. And a lot of owners spoke out in defense of their players' right to have an opinion. And to engage in peaceful protest. A lot of reaction. This one in particular really stood out to me. This is uh, Michael Thomas, who's a safety with the Miami Dolphins. He was asked about all of this. I'm going to tell you my first thoughts, but uh, it just amazes me with everything else that's going on in this world, especially involving the U.S. That's what you're concerned about, my man. You're the the leader of the free world. This is what you're talking about. So it... (laughs) As a man, as a father, as an African-American man, as somebody in the NFL, as one of those sons of bitches, you know, like, yeah, I took it personally, but at the same time, like I said in my Twitter post, it's bigger than me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's bigger than me. I got a daughter. She's going to have to live in this world. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make sure, you know, she can look at my dad, look at her dad and be like, hey, you did something, you tried to make a change. You feel me? Certainly Donald Trump needs the drama, needs the distraction. This is needlessly divisive, you would think. So what to make of all of this? Joining us on the line uh, is Scott Stinson, national sports columnist with Post Media. You can read his thoughts up at nationalpost.com today. Scott, thanks for making some time for us here. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Uh, really good. So, you know, as, as you're right, it's kind of an ironic point here that uh, I guess by being divisive, Donald Trump has at least unified everybody in the NFL, it seems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certainly going to be some people within the NFL who disagree. And, you know, we'll probably see in the coming days and weeks some uh, fractions, whether it's on a team or between a team and an owner and that kind of thing. But at least for this weekend, um, Trump took an issue that had pretty much died in in the form of the Colin Kaepernick protests and you know, ratcheted it up uh, to a degree never seen before, and in so doing, managed to get a lot of people who weren't taking any in protest of racial injustice to do just that. So, 
Uh, I'm not sure. You know, a lot of people want to say this is all part of his strategy, that he wants to, you know, fight with millionaire athletes, and that'll be good for him and his base of support. But I don't know. I tend to think uh, this is one of those things where he just kind of said something off the cuff and tweeted something off the cuff and didn't really anticipate it unfolding the way it has. Yeah, it's been weird. Now, look, I can understand a politician wanting to divide people and certainly a politician wanting to create a divide where he is on the side of the flag in the anthem. Most people believe you should stand for the national anthem. Most people believe maybe that's not the, the time to protest. But if you start asking people, should you be fired for doing so? Or should the government force NFL teams to fire players for doing so? I think you'd get a different kind of response. I do. And I think... I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot, even a number of athletes who have, who have said things like that in recent days where, look, like, I wouldn't necessarily kneel before the anthem because, you know, my father was in the military or whatever. They have their reasons. But they say at the same time, but I respect if somebody wants to make that decision. And, and that has been, I think, the most common response already is this idea that, like, you know, you sort of hinted that in your opening. Like, does he not have better things to do than be dictating to the NFL that they should be firing people. And, I mean, he he had his initial comment, the one you played in the opening at the rally in Alabama, and then in sort of typical Trumpian fashion, he's doubled down on it over and over again, where he's tweeting about firing people and he's, he's proclaiming that, think of, you know, the support you would get if you were to be the first owner to, to kick a guy off your team suggesting that everyone should boycott the NFL because that'll force them to fire people. I mean, it's just nonsense that the president thinks this is something that is worth his time and an issue that he needs to be taking when, quite obviously, there's some other things going on in the world as pertains to the United States. Well, yeah, no kidding, because... Colin Kaepernick, for all intents and purposes, already was fired by the NFL. Uh, and so it just seemed as though, I, I guess there was still maybe, there was a few players who were still yeah. taking a knee during the anthem, but it was it was hardly widespread, and there was not a lot of sympathy for that position up until the comments. Yeah, and I mean, I think a number of players saw that Kaepernick was essentially blackballed. I mean, he there's probably no formal discussions where teams decided they didn't want to hire the guy, but he became a free agent, and despite the fact that he was a pretty accomplished player, was not offered even, you know, never even got close to getting offered a job. So I think a lot of players probably said, well, even if I feel the same way, I'm not confident enough that I won't be the next guy on the unemployment line. So it was there was a smattering of players here and there that, that felt confident enough to do it, and so they did. But for the most part, that was it. And And now, almost because of the antagonism, I think, a lot of players have sort of seen like, well, now I, I have no choice but to take a knee or to or to show that I uh, am not going to be bullied into saying you, you you can't dictate what I can or cannot say. And I think now we're seeing it's even going beyond the NFL. You know, you're seeing a lot of NBA players today say things that are quite more outspoken. Uh, it's an NHL it's an NHL thing in their locker rooms too. So I don't know. It's a, it's a very unusual development in that. Athletes are, tend to be pretty quiet, Rob, mm-hmm. and they tend to avoid this kind of controversy because they don't want to get in trouble with their coaches. And now it seems like everyone's like, all right, filters are off. I can say whatever I want. Well, you know, it's been interesting, too. I mean, Tom Brady, who's basically friends with Donald Trump, criticized the president. A lot of these owners who have given money to Donald Trump supported Donald Trump. They've criticized him. So that, that struck me as interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it will be really interesting to see an NFL player who is, you know, an unqualified star, whether it was a Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. Brady seems unlikely because since we know he is a friend of Trump's, but you see somebody who is a starting quarterback, who is a full-on, you know, has a lot of money and endorsements and a lot at stake. It would be interesting to see somebody like that sort of really grab onto this issue and run with it. Um, but even just what we've seen so far with some of his donors in the form of owners, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars who donated, I think, a million dollars to his inauguration has come out and said he's been disgusted by the, you know, the divisiveness and the, some of the tenor of the comments from the president. So it's, uh, it's definitely a case where I think people who, who normally saw themselves as as Trump supporters have have kind of had their opinion flipped on this when it's come too close to home, mm-hmm. which you know, and I think people can make that argument. You know, maybe some of these people who are speaking out, Rex Ryan, the former coach, is saying, "I didn't sign up for this when I supported Trump," and a lot of people are fairly saying, "Well, that's your own fault for not really reading, you know, figuring out what, where this was likely to go." And I, I, you know, I think we're seeing some of that pushback as well. Yeah, but it was a weird pivot because it seemed initially for a di- not even a day that this was about the NBA, not the NFL. Trump seemed offended that Steph Curry didn't want to come to the White House. He disinvited the entire Golden State Warriors, which was Mm -hmm. odd because, I mean, Barack Obama didn't really make a big issue of the fact that Tim Thomas and the Boston Bruins didn't want to come to the White House and meet him. So how did that all go sideways? Well, again, I think somebody, I think it was Steve Kerr, the Golden State coach, who said, well, I think he broke up with us before he could break up with him. It was almost like Trump, you know, for ego reasons, perhaps got wind that, that Steph Curry was was humming and hawing about whether he wanted to go to the White House. And he went, all right, fine, forget it. You're no longer invited and then disinvited the whole team. And it was almost as though he wanted to make that move before there could be some sort of embarrassing thing where there's only three guys from the Golden State Warriors who are planning to go visit the White House. So I think that's where that went. And, I mean, the NBA, much more so than the NFL, has been pretty outspoken. They have a a number of high-profile guys, whether it's – Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich uh, or others within the league who Mark Cuban has been a critic of Trump. So I think the NBA is sort of a more natural al- or adversary of Donald Trump, but uh, it went quickly from that into the NFL and, you know, which is more a natural niche, I think, for his fans. Uh, but even there, he's, he's seen some, some uh, you know, pushback to what he's been saying. So I wonder, does this start to fizzle out? Did the players have their say yesterday and then come next week? It's kind of back to business as usual, or are we sort of stuck in this for now? Well, I tell you, I was at Toronto Raptors training camp open this morning, and there's a lot of stuff from the NBA players. They they are quite willing to say things on the record and to uh, feel like they've been emboldened to say whatever they want. Uh, their league has literally said if people want to, you know, take up, use the platform for good, they can do that. I think in the case of the NFL, it'll depend a little on what the president does from this point on. If he, you know, doubles down, triples down, quadruples down, and insists that players should get fired and that people should boycott, I suspect you'll probably see some continued players pushing back and being defiant and and doing what they've been doing. Um, If he sort of lets it go, and which, you know, he might only do because he's got other things to worry about, then maybe it does fizzle out. I mean, at some point, even Colin Kaepernick had said he was not going to take a knee on the sideline this season had he got a job, which he didn't. 
because yeah. at some point, you know, the you know, you've made your point, you've you've made your statement, and you move on. And so I think even probably some of the ones that that kneeled or knelt on uh, Sunday might have already decided their point was made. But if you know the president kind of pokes them in the eye again, they'll probably turn around and do the same thing again. I guess we'll see. Uh, more at nationalpost.com. Scott, thanks for making some time for us here. They appreciate okay, it. Anytime, Rob. All right, day. take care. Uh, that is uh, Scott Stinson, national sports columnist with Post Media, nationalpost.com. You can read his piece today on all of this. It, it is really on. Why get involved in this? Why make an issue of this now? So, of course, when you start demanding, as the government, Trump is the president of the United States, that this is how it needs to be, you're going to get a pushback. I certainly understand that. In terms of the merits of what Kaepernick was doing or why, well, reasonable people can debate those. As David French at National Review writes, in the space of less than 24 hours, the president did more to politicize sports than ESPN has done in a decade of biased progressive programming. He singled out free speech he didn't like, demanding the dissenters be fired. And then, when it became clear that private American citizens weren't going to do what he demanded, he urged the economic boycott of their entire industry. He told his political opponents on the football field, and who have defined their lives and careers by their mental and physical toughness to essentially do what I say or lose your job. In doing so, we put them in straits far more difficult to navigate than anything Colin Kaepernick has wrought. Stand, and they're seen to obey a man who just abused his office. And millions of Americans will view them as a sellout, not just to the political cause they love, but also to the Constitution itself. Kneel, and they defy a rogue president. But millions of Americans will view them as disrespecting the nation itself to score political points against the president those Americans happen to like. At one stroke, thanks to an attempted vulgar display of strength, Trump changed the playing of the anthem and the displaying of the flag from a moment where all but the most radical Americans could unite to one where millions of well-meaning Americans could and did legitimately believe the decision to kneel represented a defense of the ideals of the flag, not a defiance of the nation they love. So yes, I understand why they knelt. Understand why men who would never otherwise bring politics onto the playing field and had never politicized sports before felt they could not be seen to comply with the demagogue's demands. I understand why even owners who gave millions to Trump expressed solidarity with their players. I understand why even Trump supporters like Rex Ryan were appalled at the president's actions. I fear that those who proclaimed yesterday's events a win for the president are missing the forest for the trees. If we lose respect for the First Amendment, then politics becomes purely about power. If we no longer fight to secure the same rights for others that we demand for ourselves, we become more tribal and America becomes less exceptional. I respect Pittsburgh Steelers left tackle, former Army Ranger Alejandro Villanueva, who alone among his teammates came out of the locker room to stand for the pledge while the rest of his team remained off the field. I also respect players who reluctantly, but acting out of the conviction that they will not be bullied by the president, chose to kneel when they otherwise never would. I do not, however, respect the actions of Donald Trump. This weekend, he didn't make America great. He made his politics worse. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.